my wicked witch's laugh. No? No, it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work? Out. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh. Well, for our Halloween episode, I thought I would... We don't have any sound effects because you're too cheap, so I thought I'd, I had to do it on my own. But, you know, when you said we were doing a Halloween episode, I thought maybe I would invest in some... Uh, some scary music or some scary, uh, you know, uh, noises. But, yeah, you know, I think you've just sort of put the nail in that coffin. Oh, see what I did there? <laughs> oh, dear God. Is this going to be a dad's joke episode? Is that what this is going to turn into? <laughs> All right, scratch that. Let's start over. Clean it up. Clean it up. Our audience deserves more than this. Okay, yes. All right, so October 30th, the Monday before Halloween, Hello, and welcome to this episode of Association Transformation. Elisa Pratt, Brewer Pratt Solutions, reporting for duty. Andrew Chamberlain, hello, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good, thank you. I'm This time of year, whenever I, you know, whenever we chat or whenever I work with anybody in the States, I'm always sort of blown away by how excited you all are about Halloween. I love Halloween. I don't, so you, this is not, you even have a young daughter who I would assume would want to do you guys trick or treat? I mean, can we have a cultural discussion here, real quick? Like, what do you do? We do, we do, but it's just not on the same scale. Like, you know, you guys like decorate your houses and you do all sorts of stuff and like have like parties and get into it and really enthuse and 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 we, you know, I turn all the lights off and sit in the office in the back of the house and nobody can tell me. <laughs> you don't even give candy to the oh you're such a grumpy old man all right but it makes a lot of sense it's not to be honest it's not a shocker uh it's just it's a reason to kind of decorate and have fun and an, it's an excuse it's an excuse to get out of your normal routine but i also happen to love horror movies uh -huh. and they're a chance to escape and you know in the association space, this is maybe not an appropriate correlation, but in the association space, I continue to hear horror stories. Wow, and that's segue. That's segue. It's like you planned it, honestly. That's astonishing the way you went from House of Horrors to associations. It's amazing. I love it. Oh, come on. Well, you use the term <laughs> House of Horrors. We've been in this industry too long to not have a plethora of stories that just still make us cringe. Yes. Whether it's from the hallways of ASAE Annual, whether it's from, you know, long ago clients that we helped find the light, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. we've, we've heard it all. We've seen it all. And I just, I don't know. I thought we could maybe, you know, put that that pumpkin spice chill in the air if we uh, we chatted about some of the worst things we'd ever seen or heard. Okay. okay. Well, look, I've got my pumpkin spice latte uh, flat white in front of me. Well, you know, so, you know, you, you start us off, tell us, a, tell me a scary story. Um, or, you know, from, from, oh, it could be from either your past or maybe from someone else's past, but go on. What's one of the it's worst? All, yes. It's, it's in my, my witch's brew of anecdotes and stories and experiences. It's, it's all mixed together. There, no, this is all inspired by true stories, but, but we're, we're protecting the innocent here. Um, I don't know about you, but as I came up through associations, I was always most horrified by the board officers who used their term as chair or president or whatever for no other reason than to pick the location of the meeting. Oh, my 
God, really? It was just a junket. It was just a boondoggle. I don't know what other words you guys use for that kind of stuff, but it was just basically so they and their wives could go to this fancy hotel or this fancy resort for the board retreat or the annual meeting, a place they wouldn't go on their own dime. And I was just always so shocked and horrified by no how, how no one ever put a stop to this or called them out on this or asked what what this had to do with the mission or the purpose. Now, is that because the cult of personality pervades around the, pre- uh, the role of president in the association world? Because I've bumped into this recently. You know, I've been chatting to people and they've been saying, oh, not, not the president is, you know, choosing your only president because they want to choose the conference location. But there seems to be often, I've noticed, like some sort of odd deference to the president in terms of when, you know, decision making, board decision making. Sometimes I feel like boards are being maybe a bit unduly led because they may be not understanding that actually the president is the first among equals and you're you're right i mean between this group of the popular kids or (laughs) the people who have been paying their dues for a generation waiting to get there and then you know exercise all the authority they think they should have yeah uh, board gosh boards are uh a pandora's box of of horror stories i hate to say well you can imagine that it is the governance um uh, I was going to say dream, but this is Halloween. So it is the governance nightmare, nightmare that uh, you I usually sort of open Pandora's box and find, discover all sorts of gruesome uh, realities going on. I mean, you know, I think I think the one that always blows my mind with boards is when I work with um, when I work with boards, uh, or I've or I've been sort of in a, in and around them. And I find out that actually that, you know, two thirds of the board or the two thirds of the decision makers, the accountable body aren't actually sort of legally registered. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, are we are we digging into the graveyard of non-compliant nightmares? The, the number. And, and you know what? I really hope that the listeners now go in. Oh. I think I better just double check, actually, because... Oh, wait, did we file our taxes? Oh, wait, yeah, you know have that... we filed our 990s? Oh, wait, do we have insurance for that event? Oh, oh insurance. Insurance is the other one. Insurance, I'll come on to that in a second. But yeah, um, the number of... Yeah, you know, you've got this group of willing, engaged, energetic volunteers, enthusiastic, making decisions, guiding the strategy development willing to be held accountable for their decision-making and the success of the organization, but actually not having any legal responsibility <laughs> at all for for financials, for contracts, for media, for anything. And that, the, that I... It I've, keeps you up at night. I mean, it is a horror show. It well, is. it is. It is. And people are kind of like surprised when you say to them, you do know that you know, you could go to you could go to jail for this if you know you know in the extreme, and the number of people that don't realize that is just staggering. It's but it's scary like, in itself. It's... Yeah, this is when we need sound effects. We have to get sound effects. Okay, I'm going to petition all 27 of our listeners and ask them if they think we should get sound effects. I when you listen after that, we've done this recording. When you hear how I edited it, <laughs> it'll be scary. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Oh boy. I don't want to, I don't want this whole Halloween fright fest to center on boards. No, but what I will say, what I will say is that you're right. It doesn't all have to center on boards, but you know, leadership starts at the board. And I think, you know, and you, how often do I bang on about the need to make sure that we train and support and invest in our boards, just as we do with our staff. And I think, you know, these horror stories, you know, as as convenient as they are for a Halloween podcast, they can be so easily avoided if people, if organizations just invest in in time and energy into training and developing and supporting their their volunteer leaders better. I think oh, yeah. it's just a massive big tick there. And so many headaches just avoided. I know, gosh. You're, and it, it it waterfalls into so many areas. I mean, one of the other nightmares I had heard about was uh, a new CEO. And mm-hmm. they always come into a scary situation, right? They mm-hmm. they probably haven't been told the full story while they've been interviewing. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't ans- ask all the hard questions they should have because they really they really want the job. And when they get in and then they pull back the curtain and they see how and what and where everything is. I mean, I had a a friend who just took their first CEO job and the board had appointed themselves in charge of hiring, firing, and establishing the pay and bonus structure of all staff, not just the exec, not just the one employee that they actually have, Uh but all the staff. And so what happened? Staff would circumvent Uh the senior staff and staff leadership structure and build relationships directly with board members. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nightmare. I bet. It was a nightmare. How did they overcome it? How did they change that? Did they restructure? Did they sort of, um, did they, did they remove, do you know, did they remove that? I I think, uh, well, to be honest, she, she wasn't there forever. So I think she was the, the change agent that they needed. She was the, she was the mirror that had to be held up and it, it, it cost her probably, you know, to say, Hey, this isn't how things get done. Um, she cleaned the place up and, and moved on. And the next organization, you know, the next executive then benefited from the fruits of, of her, her labor. Um, cause it, it was pretty rough there for, for a few years, um, getting that board tightened up, bringing in someone to do the training, the governance review, you know, all those things to, to write the ship. But a lot of that is just hangover from um, the the kind of history of so many organisations, the heritage of the, you know, being volunteer led, um, you know, vo- you know, people working in that kind of management board model where they actually are needed to put roll their sleeves up and do some work, uh, practical work. I can imagine that that's where that sort of sprang from, or. It didn't even spring. It was just a kind of, like I say, a hangover from a past sort of past sort of structures. And I I encounter that all the time when you're kind of working with teams and really sort of weird things that board members or officers uh, are sort of taking the lead on. You know, marketing uh, is one. I don't know if you ever. I don't oh, know. No, it's one I no. always get trouble with. With marketing committees is the is the one I always get a headache with because I'm like, well. Have we got anybody who's like a specialist marketer working on the staff or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. Well, why aren't we just letting them do it? Well, that's like a membership committee, you know. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. The committee the committee episode, that's for next Halloween. That's a whole different nightmare. 
Um, but you're right. I mean, especially small associations who are working with limited, uh, with limited resources. Hey, it's, it's not uncommon to ask a member, to ask a, a member champion to, you know, spearhead social media to, you know, to undertake uh, a new mentoring program. But, you know, member led programming still has to be staff owned. I mean, you know, you can't, I, I did, uh, I was working with uh, in preparation for the, uh, the membership marketing and communications conference. And there are a, a lot of horror stories about members managing the social media channels, uh, governing different, um, you know, websites, uh, you know, leading different marketing endeavors, kind of using the branding in, yeah. in haphazard ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've just recently, you know, I, I do appreciate a, a branding guide and the rules around that. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it's amazing how, how rogue members love to go when it comes to, uh, you know, but again, I think representing the organization. Yeah, it's true. But I, I, oh, you know, I can't believe I'm, you know, you, this is me being sympathetic to um, members. But you know, it's like, I think, again, it goes back to that point. Was saying, I'm totally cool with members doing. If you've got someone volunteering to run the social media channels, brilliant, just fantastic. But just give them some guidance. Give them parameters. Give them some training. Give them the tools that they need to do it, just as you would with a member of staff. And they will. I guarantee they'll be far more proficient and efficient, and far more willing to sort of not take, take it seriously is the wrong phrase, but far more willing to sort of engage in real sort of discussion and decision making with you than yeah, if they feel that. They feel like this is their kind of baby, and hence bid we should sort of, you know, interfere with it. And I think, you know, that 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 whole tension between staffing and volunteering is one that I I think we want to explore a bit further. Actually, not today, but you know, it's there's an inherent tension in the industry. I think um, where you've got, you know, volunteers who have a very serious and real sense of ownership of the organization and genuinely do want to put put in some donkey work to get, you know, to move things along for the benefit of the organization. But that tension between staff and volunteers often sort of undermines that that ambition. And I think so much of it is because we we fail to we fail to support our volunteers sufficiently. And then it just spirals out of you know some some control. So no, you're right, and I I never want to demonize an excited member, an enthusiastic no, member no, who's willing no. to give their time. Mm-hmm. It is how we set them up. It is the expectations we set and the tools and resources we give them. It's when left it's when enthusiasm left unchecked. Yes. Yes. Becomes something un un uh, you know unmanaged, out of hand, and risky. But is is that because we're so grateful the volunteer someone's putting their hand up to volunteer that we don't want to kind of risk scaring them off? You know, see what I did there, Halloween episode. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I thought you were referring to your LinkedIn, how you're scared to comment when someone likes your post because you don't want to scare them away. Get away from me. Get away <laughs> from me. All right. I didn't even just just God. This, <laughs> honestly, you are a horror story sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Baby. <laughs> You're such a baby. And, you know, people who are on Team Elisa would 
be unhappy with me if I didn't backtrack a couple seconds and ask you about the term donkey work. What donkey what work? Yes, Team Elisa like, wants to know what the heck donkey work means. Just doing loads of hard work. Okay. okay. You know, like a mule. You know, just you're like a workhorse, just getting it done. You know. Okay, got it. Thank okay. you. <laughs> So, all right, last call on horror stories. What else do you have? I I, I have a whole bucket of strategic planning horror stories. Oh, but... go on, yeah, go on. Well, mine, let me, I'll finish. My, my last one was about event insurance. Oh, went, like I for went, alcohol drinks or auctions or? I went to a, a conference, big, big conference, you know, a couple of thousand people just chatting with the member, member of the board. And, you know, and I remember asking them, well, you know, how much does it cost to cover this? Looking at me and I said, what? They said, what you... <laughs> well, you know, in terms of what, what should event insurance look like? You know, it must be a pretty penny. And it transpired that they didn't have event insurance. And this was, oh. 20, this was 2018, so pre, pre-COVID. But it was around the same time of year had COVID happened these guys had a 2000, whatever it was, delegate conference, and they had no insurance for it at all, any aspect of it. Now, and then when I dug deeper with them, it transpired that they had no insurances for anything. And this is a, this was a, is a big organization. And I, for me, you know, in terms of financial risks, and legal risks oh, and reputational risks, not having any form of um it sounds really dull, but it's like, oh my god, if you don't have it, then yeah. you really it's the, are. What the, it's the what could happen that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's the terrifying aspect. It was like, oh my god, just one bad thing should happen. And they would have just well, they were big, but they would have they would have been close to bankruptcy, you know, if if if, if it had all gone wrong. So, you know, that for me was like I always remember because I just wrongly assumed that it was obvious that you would need to have insurances. And again, these guys were like, "Well, no one actually told us that." And you're like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough, I suppose." Oh, I don't know, you know if the ignorance is bliss excuse gets you off. Well, no, it does as long, I, as, long I, as nothing goes wrong. You can you're right. get away with it. But. I suppose what I mean is fair enough, but you need to, you know, someone's got to give, someone's got to give you, it's the same theme. Always, my constant theme on all of these horror stories is it goes back to that kind of piece about information and knowledge and data and intelligence and training. Otherwise, we are, we are putting staff, volunteers, in in very difficult trepidatious situations. When you talk about staff, you know, I mentioned the the strategic planning horror stories, and you know, when I come into a situation and I, I confront an executive director or a board that doesn't want to include staff <laughs> in the strategic planning process. Uh huh. I mean, how is that? Uh, I don't know. That's always one that just kind of makes me open my jaw and just kind of gasp actually actually okay i'll do one better than that i know i know an organization that doesn't want to include its board in the strategic planning oh. process yes that's that's the flip All side staff. of that horror All staff just got some random group of um volunteers 
um, and put them together as a strategic planning working group. And it was a complete nonsense. But um, yeah, so go on. What's so many the- cautionary tales. So many cautionary tales. I hope you can sleep tonight. Like this is this has brought up a lot of uh, you know association zombies for me. I want you to know that after every association transformation recording, I I never really sleep very well. It's oh my gosh. One of them is like a horror story. Every one of them is like you know American horror. What was that called? That what was that program on HBO? American Horror Story. American was... Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my tiny little Halloween violin is playing. No, no. Tell me now before we wrap up, because obviously we 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 rec- when we record this, we actually can see each other. But now that you know, before we we finish recording this, are you going to take off that? Are you going to take off that mask that you're wearing? No, I dress as a witch every day. <laughs> every day. I right. did think about dressing as I know you're just going to sit in your house with the lights off and yell at the kids to go away. But I was thinking about doing, have you watched the new Jedi show on Disney plus the Ahsoka? Not yet. Cause I'm waiting for them all to come out so I can watch them in like two days. Okay. I was thinking about going, you know, star Wars and I could totally see it. Actually. I could totally see it. I was thinking about it. Um, and I reined it back in. I think I might just go Elsa from frozen. She's my go-to because I've got the white. I I understand. And the heart of ice. Yeah. It's, it works out great. (laughs) It was the hair I was talking about, but all right. The heart of ice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) It's self-deprecation, Andrew. I'll, I'll send you a book. (laughs) Happy Halloween, my friend. Happy Halloween. Enjoy your trick or treat then. And to everyone out there, you know, if you have horror stories, if you need to talk to someone, um, we are an association support family. Association Transformation is here. Give us a call. Give us an outreach. Let us know how we how we can help or or what <laughs> what horror story we can help you expose. Uh-huh. Um it's it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It'll be Thanksgiving soon. It'll be Christmas soon. We'll we'll get through this, but learn from this stuff. These oh, are we're not cautionary gonna, tales. We're not gonna have to do a special episode where we sort of give thanks, are we? You know, we're gonna have to do that, you know. I You're like not good at thanks. that. No, no. I wanna be thankful. I'm thankful for association transformation this year. Well, and, and I mean, you know, the pilgrims are really like they broke up with you, like Thanksgiving's not really oh, gig. We, we don't it's uh, not really your gig yeah it's kind of like we don't do a fourth of july episode because i just think it would be weird with you it kind of is yeah oh yeah okay all right <laughs> back to work back to work happy halloween everyone until next time put your members and your mission first